contents of this episode may be disturbing and triggering to some audience members. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, <laughs> we're back with another episode. Um, we will be talking about Juneteenth and being black in America. Also, wanted to mention we're having a cookout uh, June 19th to celebrate Juneteenth. So, when we get all the details together, show up. It's going to be food, drinks, music, fun, things like that. So, yeah, stop by. Okay, so what is Juneteenth? So the dictionary definition says it's a festival held annually on the 19th of June by African Americans, especially in the southern states, to commemorate emancipation from slavery in Texas on that day in 1865. And then from history.com, sorry, sources. Yeah. Um, Juneteenth is a holiday commemorating this day, which marked the effective end of slavery in the United States. Mm-hmm. So one is just saying in Texas, another one is saying in the United States. So the difference from what I saw was that Lincoln had already um, abolished slavery, or like, but only in the Confederate states. Yeah, so like it was supposed to be the rule period, but like you didn't have to listen necessarily in the other states, and so when they came to Texas. A lot of people didn't know that they should be free because they weren't states that were in the Union. And so states were still doing whatever they wanted to. But once, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the general's name that went to Texas and like declared it. Um, But once he got to Texas, that was on June 19th to officially declare that like all slaves are free, not just the ones, you know, up north. Everybody was sir. But they still wasn't. They weren't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they they were but they they weren't, but they were. Yeah. They were supposed to be. Supposed the to be. slave owners was withholding information. Yeah. Or certain information wasn't getting to the other places that need to get to. Mm-hmm. And even if you tried to exercise like the fact that you were free, you could have been lynched, you could have been and I think that's crazy because it's like they finally felt like they was free. Like you telling people like we We free? I don't gotta listen I'm free. Hold up now. But then they like on their way they ready to go. They like you not leaving. They like you not leaving. It's like I lied. Excuse me. The law says Or like you on your way and then you get lynched like Hmm. I did how you gonna tell me? Literally. After he just. The law clearly states mm-hmm. that I ain't free. But. I feel like that's what it's like, though, being black in America. Mm. It's like they tell you one thing, it means something else. Or they tell you one thing to get your hopes high, and then let you down real hard. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So, Orange Routine. Um, how do you guys think we should celebrate it? Because I know some places like celebrate it, but I feel like it's not like a formal, mm-hmm. known way to celebrate Juneteenth. So how do you both think we should? I think you should do whatever you feel that represents your culture. 
Mm. You should do that. Like if your culture has cookouts, if your culture plays spades, if your culture, mm. you know, just gather with each other, enjoy each other's company, play games, drink. Get some drink up in you. Listen to music, dance, eat, eat, eat a lot. <laughs> some good food. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just enjoy each other's company and enjoy being around each other and being united in the similarities, but also the differences mm-hmm. in being black. Like you don't have to single out anybody you don't have to isolate other black people i i feel like it should be an understood across the board like black holiday Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be like this is for people in the hood or this is for like bougie black people Mm -hmm. or this is for african it's for black people period Basically, what I saw was just cookouts, games. If you want to go fishing, go fishing. Baseball, basketball, whatever ball. Um, one of the staples of Juneteenth is strawberry soda pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically, just wearing not I guess not your best clothes, but dressing up mm. and just stepping out like any other holiday, really. And if you dress up for Easter, you could dress up for Easter. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, exactly. Mm. And on one of the sites, they said that uh, the enslaved people they would they tossed their raggedy clothes and stole so this. <laughs> and stole clothes <laughs> from their man's houses. We're not saying steal. We're not. <laughs> Do not steal. We're not saying that. It's just it's just a little funny fact. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, basically just cookouts, having fun. Like Janice just said, and having some strawberry soda pop. Yeah. <laughs> and glorious meats. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's important to mention, like, even if it's not nationally recognized as a holiday, or even if you have to work, um, like, decorate your office or put a Juneteenth, like, poster on your, on your lawn, like, happy Juneteenth. You could decorate your office. You could, if you're a teacher, I love seeing the teachers that during Black History Month and Juneteenth, they decorate their doors. Like, if you have control to control the narrative in your space, you should do that and use it as an opportunity to educate other people um, that might not know, like, why you got this up with this Juneteenth. And so, yeah, use it as a way to open conversation because I think it's important that like people don't forget about like our history and like Juneteenth is a major day for us in history you know so we should be able to show pride and like the African-American experience and like recognize like some of the progress that we made even though we ain't where we need to be yet and um honor the suffering of like our ancestors and what they went through for us to get here so yeah I think it's important also um, wanted to mention this there are four states that still don't recognize Juneteenth 
That's a holiday. It's not, I don't think it's passed as being, like, recognized as a national holiday um, through the house yet, but I know Senate posted a resolution to get it recognized, but I don't think it passed yet. Um, But there are four states that still don't (laughs) recognize it. Um, And those states are North and South Dakota, Montana, and Hawaii. And it's 2020. So I think y'all should. That's all I have to say about that. Everybody else doing it, you need to do it too. Mm -hmm. Fall in line. (laughs) Fall in line, George. Fall in line, please. topic the other topic that we so desperately do not want to talk about but feel that we must um being black in america and you know just what what is that like what does that entail what's going on now yeah because there's a lot going on now it's a whole lot but i think that's a question that we aren't asked it's like we're never asked like what it's like to be black yeah. in America. So I feel like that's why it's so important to talk about it because a lot of people don't know. Obviously, like clearly uh, clear. they don't know what it's like to clear. be black in America. Clearly. And we are here to enlighten you a little, you know, mm-hmm. try to have this conversation to mend the gap because that's what it is. And there's obviously a disconnect between one side and the other. And it's just like we we gotta we gotta do something like mm-hmm. something has to be done about this because we tired. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Y'all tired. Totally. Everybody's tired. tired. Like, and it's getting out of control. Like, it's not even. It felt like we were getting somewhere, but like this past week alone, it just feels like history's like repeating itself and. It's 2020, but it doesn't feel like it. Like, it feels like we went back in time and people treating us like we don't deserve what we deserve. Yep. So we're here to talk about what it's like to be black in America. I can start. Um, (laughs) For one, like, and it's also different for a black woman versus a black man. So understand that I can say one thing, but it's also different from a male's point of view. But I do know I have an older brother and I I got to see like what he went through, like when he would walk in a store and um, he would like maybe have a hoodie on or have a backpack on because he's going to school. Like I don't understand what you expected him to have, but he has a book bag on. He has a jacket on. And he walks in a store and automatically he's being looked at like he's going to steal something. And he's being followed around the store, even though he has money to purchase what he gets. Even when he purchases what he went in the store to get, he's still being followed until he leaves. And I think that, like, the idea that, like, black people go in the store with the intention to steal something is messed up. 
because you're assuming that we don't have the money and you're assuming that you need to watch us for us to properly purchase something. But that's one instance. Yeah, it's all a bunch of like stereotypes and microaggressions that we have to deal with every day that like leads to stuff like that happening. Um, another thing that we definitely have to do is we have to modify the way that we express our frustration or distaste or anger about any situation ever because we're not allowed to be upset we're not allowed to be frustrated we're not allowed to be angry we're not allowed to be tired we're not allowed to be fed up with mistreatment we're supposed to just take everything like just take it and bury it because if you react to something Mm -hmm. it could cost you your life if you react to something you might be verifying a stereotype that somebody already has about black people and you're trying to not do that so you can't yell when people are disrespectful to you you have to like minimize how you feel or you don't have to but that's you know to move safely sometimes you have to do that but it's also like we we tolerate a lot of pain, mm-hmm. a lot of disappointment, a lot of like letdown. And I think that's where a lot of the misconception is because it's like you don't understand what we carry on our backs every day. Every day. And it's just 24/7. like like to me, like I don't even feel like I had a hard life, but people that have it's just like well what did you expect from them like what what do you want them to do how do you want them to react to things because with all this built up aggression because it's been a lot like even just living in the communities that we live in it's like you're underserved Mm -hmm. you don't have the same opportunity as someone else you don't go to great schools you don't have air you don't have books you don't have people that care about you at your school it's like when you grow up with that for years and then to look at your community where they don't put money into your community mm-hmm. and you see that riding around you just you see different the difference in different communities that you go in like black communities versus white communities because that's the thing first of all they're separate like there are communities that yes you have some white people in mostly black communities and some black people in mostly white communities but it's like they were set up for them. Like we can't just go and buy a house in those neighborhoods. And even if we try, they can keep us out. Like for for one reason or another. And they'll they'll blame it on something else. Like oh well, your credit score isn't good, or you don't you can't like afford this. You know you have to be making this much. Well, how the fuck? How do you expect me to make this money? when I don't have the, you know, ability to go to school. Like, a lot of black people don't have the resources or, like, the funds to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's facts. Like, a lot of people in the city, in, like, inner-city black communities don't have parents who went to college, who graduated from college. So they get these low-paying jobs, and it's not enough. They can't afford to live in the best neighborhoods. 
so they're stuck in bad communities. I also, when you brought that up, Janice, it made me think of how, um, like, I don't know if this is consistent um, throughout, like, different states in the U.S., but um, having your zone school, which is basically the school that's in your district, um, that's the, those are the schools that you can go to based on where you live. And if you think about the fact that they don't put money into creating better schools, um, nice environments for students to learn in these urban communities, if you even try to go to a better school outside of your zone school, and maybe you had to catch two, three buses to get there, you had to you have to lie about where you live just for you to be able to get mm-hmm. a quality education or barely a quality education. You have to lie. Or even get accepted. Yeah, like they'll be like, You live too far, the commute's gonna be too far for you. So, we don't so want you, you to go. be late. Yeah. I'm still gonna make it there. You do, I'm gonna worry about whether I get there or I don't like Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. It's just like you you don't put money into our communities. You don't put money into where we live. You don't put money into the schools that are in these same communities. But yet, you expect these kids to be able to figure all this stuff out on their own. Like, you haven't invested anything in their development. You don't care about their development. You just, you, you, you don't care. And we deal with that too. Like, public schools versus private schools, county, the difference between city schools and county schools based on where you live, like the research you have available all depend on where you are and how much money you got. The fact that all these things, our thoughts that we have to have every day, this is really annoying and mentally stressful on top of all the other stress that we have to bear. Um thought about this time when I was at work when I was a waitress and one of the regulars came in and I was talking to him about something it was essentially a conversation about like how I feel as a black woman and stuff like that and he was like why do you have to say black woman excuse me like why can't I just be a woman and I'm like because I'm not just a woman and other people don't just see me as just a woman they see me as a black woman and that's what I'm always going to identify as a black woman and I got the point he was trying to make like he was trying to say why put I guess emphasis on like what I look like and that's what draws the attention to my race or something like that but that's invalid because you can clearly see that I'm a black person and the way that the world is set up is set up to see color before you see anything else mm. so that's what you think about that and then I was explaining to him how like basically this conversation that we have right now all the things that we think about and he was like well you just can't think about that and I'm like I don't have a choice but to think about it it's, it's my life it's my life it's it literally day. is my life and I even explained how even if things don't happen to me directly the fact that it happens to people that look like mm-hmm. me it indirectly affects me because it, like, could, it could be you like vicarious trauma is a real thing yes and i definitely suffer from that because i have not lived a hard life in no way shape or form mm-hmm. my life has been great my parents both my parents have been in my life like i have a great support system all those things 
But every single day, I feel like I got a target on my back. Like, every single day, I'm afraid to get pulled over. Every day, I'm afraid of my father right. or my nephew or CJ when he gets older or any, especially a black man. It scares the crap out of me. Same. Knowing that they just out here and at any point in time, they can be taken. Just because. Just because they don't even have to be doing anything. Nope. And then it's like, you want to raise your kids, you want to raise your children to, to stand up for themselves. And to be proud of who they are, which you should. But it's like, like we were saying before, if you try to express your anger and your aggression, or if you try to stand up for yourself in front of certain people, specifically like officers or just any other white person that is racist or prejudiced and are willing to try and take somebody's life for doing that, like the ultimate sacrifice would be that child's life. And it's so sad. Like I don't, I don't get what they don't get. Like these are our children. Like yes. we gave life to them. We would like for them to, to outlive up. us. Yeah. We don't want to bury our children. Like Nobody I don't. Let me. Do I don't want to bury my child. Like mm-hmm. for me to imagine like getting a call and being like, yeah. I can't even I can't even think about that. And the fact that like it's a reality, like it's not a outlandish thought blows my mind. Like I want my child to be able to be in his community, ride his bike, go have, you know, fun with his friends, you know, not worry about a police murdering him or anyone else for that matter. Like I want him to feel like he can grow up and be a child and have a future because that's what he deserves yeah and and the fact that like literally right now as she was talking I'm thinking about these other situations and scenarios that have happened recently and in the past that can like attest to this ridiculousness like a kid playing in a park with a play toy gun that you can clearly see as a toy gun I believe he got shot by an officer. Mm-hmm. He yeah. got shot. He's a child. Mm-hmm. They make they they look at us. They look at us. They look at us as children, as if we're adults. And Janice, when you just said like you don't understand how they can't see that these children are our kids, and we want to they we want to see them grow. They don't see us as people. They don't. They don't see us as human. And I think they forget, like that's a major problem is that you forget your humanity, like you forget that this person is another human being. Like, this is someone's child. This is someone's brother. This is someone's mother. Like, this is a person that lived a life that has a purpose, that, you know, had things they were doing. Like, this was a Tuesday for somebody. And you just ruined or ended their life on a a Tuesday. A random day. They just out going for a run. Going to the store, going for a run. He was going out for a run. It's like, we don't even have to say names because you know who I'm talking about. But we're going to say his name. Because y'all killed him. Aubrey. And how long did it take for them to find who could... And to do something about it. Why was nothing done like immediately after that? The fact that they decided to act once the world saw it and not once they saw it. They saw it. They then knew. They already knew what happened. They recorded it. But they didn't it. act on what occurred 
until the world saw it. Because once the world sees what you do, what you're doing, or once the world sees the dirt, you can't hide it. And now you have to respond. And so they felt like they had to finally actually respond to an injustice that happened because the world saw it. And it's trifling. Like, you should just do your job. Nobody should feel entitled on mm, Lord. That's what it is, though. It's an entitlement issue. It's an issue because it's like, we're going to take your culture. We're going to take what we like about you and do what we want with it. Mm. We don't care about you, though. We don't mm-hmm. care about you, your family, your schools, your community. We don't care about that. We're going to come in. We're going to take what we want, and we're going to leave. If it's lives, if it's culture, if it's whatever, we don't care. Because we got what we needed. We got what we needed, and we good. And we have people to back us up. That's how, like that's legit how they feel, and it's crazy to me because it's legit set up for us to lose. Like it is, even from like from the beginning, because you mentioned like you know these are our kids, and like we want our kids to grow up, and I think a large part, a large part of that is that people that aren't black or that don't make black children don't understand that like. When your child is a child, you have to have a conversation with them about what it means to be black and how they have to conduct themselves in this world. Just just for them to be safe. You have to have a conversation about when you're interacting with police, when you're interacting with grown white people sometimes, when you're interacting with racist people. You have to talk about the fact that they might encounter racism they might encounter injustice and how they have to think about how they react because if you react it could be right wrong like this is stuff that you have to talk about with children that haven't even gone through puberty now just because they're outside just because they're in the store or they're at the playground with their friends like you have to talk about this stuff with kids kids shouldn't have to worry about this Little black children should not have to worry about their safety if they won't make it home. Like, you should be able to play and have fun and be happy in your own little kid world. This isn't a, isn't a concern that you should have, but it, for you to be safe, you have to think about that stuff. Like, people think about the fact that, like, if you had a black child, you would have to talk to them about the possibility that they might get killed. By anybody. Just for being there. It's so sad because you know, like, you're going to come in contact with a police officer. You're going to come in contact with them at some point. And it's like, you don't know if that's going to be your last encounter with anybody. Like, you don't know that. And the fact that you have to, like, bring your children up, like, this is how you talk, like, listen, I know you want to be silly, you know, you want to be a kid, you want to goof off, but these are not the people to play with, Mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't see you as a child, they see you as a threat, even though you aren't threatening at all, all. they, they have this image of you in their head, of you being a threat, of you being dangerous, of you being armed. And it's just like, this is how the media portrays us, so this is what you think. But this is not how we are. Like, 
My child is not a threat. He's not frightening in any aspect of the world. <laughs> no. Not at all. He's a clown. He's <laughs> the silliest <laughs> Literally. And it's just like, how? How could you see him as a threat? I know. Literally. We had to... Mm. I'm just... I'm tired. Like, it hurts. It hurts my heart. Like, this week has just been so stressful. Like, emotionally... I don't, I don't like it. Legit. I don't like feeling like this. Mm-mm. And again, none of these things have directly happened to neither one of us. Nope. But indirectly, we feel that. I can't imagine, like, the friends and family of the people who it actually happened to. Nope. Because, it, like, it did not hit that close to home for me to feel like, for me to feel like this. Like, but I feel like I knew the these people. Legit. Because you could. You could have known these people. You easily could have known these people. Every time... Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go. Every time I hear a story like this, I just always kind of sort of put somebody that I know in that place. Of if they were that person. And not even just to understand. It's just, I just be thinking. Like, it happened to this person. It could happen to my mother. It could happen to my father. It could happen to one of my cousins. It could happen to my sister. It could happen to one of my best friends. Like, I'd be so scared for Stanley. I'd be so scared for everybody, like, all the time when things happen. And in the middle of me watching the news, I was at work. In the middle of me watching the news, and they were talking about, I don't even remember which one it was. It was the most recent one with the guy. George Floyd? Yes. They were talking about that one. And I was at work sitting at the table. And I had to catch myself because I was about to cry. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in front of all of the members and some of my coworkers. And I was literally sitting about to cry. Because I'm like, that could have been me. That could have been Caden. That could have been just all these people that I know. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, like... When stuff like that happens, people be like, well, he shouldn't have did this. He shouldn't have did that. You don't even know what the fuck happened. First of all, it does not matter what he did. I don't care if he stole something. I don't care if he shot somebody. You do not decide what happens to him until he gets a fucking trial. You don't take his life. Like, he didn't even get to the point of going to jail if he did do something wrong. He would have had the opportunity to get due process. There's nothing that none of these people have done that deserves death. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. You were talking about, um, Chelsea, how when you saw it, you thought about who it could have been. And I thought about if it was my dad. Like, it could have been my dad. And y'all know I love my dad. <laughs> y'all don't listen. I love like your dad too. Everybody loves my dad. dad. <laughs> we love my father. Everybody loves my father. He is the sweetest person. He the is best. the most wonderful, sweetest man I have ever met. I have a wonderful father. And he is a big, beautiful black man. And he is bald. And he is the sweetest <laughs> person. But for whatever reason, people could deem him as scary. Like, they could think he was scary, he was a threat, he was aggressive. My father is none of those things. Literally, none of those things. He is the sweetest person that I have ever met. And when I saw that, 
It hurt, like, to my core because I thought about it if it was my dad. And I love my father. I would be ready to fight. It's nothing that... It's nothing that could have been done that would warrant any situation like that. Mm. This stuff gives you chills. It hurt, like, <laughs> my heart hurts. It's really scary just to think that somebody that you see every single day can just be gone just for being black. Yeah. Like, my dad, he is, like, what, 6'5", six, 6'5", six mm-hmm. big dude. But he's tall. But literally over his life, he has never really had this conversation with me. But I know that he does this. He kind of sort of has to change how he is to seem less intimidating to other people Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want them to feel, I guess, offended. I'm doing air quotes, offended or intimidated by him or thinking that he's a scary big black guy. Like, he talks, I mean, like, he can be nice, but he just makes, like, he's kind when we're out in public and stuff like that. And he is a little bit more proper, I think. And I can just see that he has to put on some kind of a front mm-hmm. to just be more approachable to white people so that they don't look at him like, oh, you're this big, frightening black guy. Oh, my God, I got hard cops and stuff like that. And the, and when I'm out with him, it's like sometimes I'd be scared and I'd be mugging people because I'm like trying to say something to my father. Like, try to say something to my father. We, <laughs> we really will fight. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, it's just like, he might not say something, but I'm going to say something. I would definitely say something. Try to say something to my father. I dare you. And then, and then it also bothers me because it's like that's my initial thought to protect him. Yeah. But then that kind of contradicts the thought of staying calm, cool, collected, so they don't see me as aggressive, so I don't die. Yeah. But at that point, I'm like, you're not about to make him. They a don't statistic. care though. Like they don't care if you quiet, kind. You don't even have to say nothing. You don't. You don't have to like do anything. You could. You could be like, okay. You want to arrest me, whatever. You see, hands up, like nothing's in my hand. I'm not doing anything. I'm not yelling. I'm not resisting. I'm not doing anything. And they could still shoot you. As you can see through the several instances, the multiple, the plethora of instances in the media, and these are only the ones that we know about. And I think that people forget that, like, this isn't it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that has happened. That will continue to happen that we won't know about just because it wasn't caught on camera or just because there's nobody there to tell you about it that's crazy but there's plenty of things that's happening two things one thing i was um on instagram and i saw uh, amanda seal she posted a thing and one of the things that she said that stuck that stuck out to me was that the law is not the law is not the law for them meaning white people it's a suggestion so at the end of the day we can get shot and killed for literally being compliant and all this other stuff a white person can be screaming hollering having a gun on their hip with their hand on it and an officer will still try to use their hands and de-escalate they will not they will not pull out any mace they won't pull out a baton not a gun they won't hold them down and literally take the breath from them but they will have that conversation and say, hey, Bill, I know you're upset. Calm down, Bill. You got to calm down. You like, got to just come with me to the station. Hands still on the gun, but Bill is still breathing. 
let Demonte from down the street be like, all right, that's cool. Just go ahead, do what you gotta do. And they think that he's being, I don't know, belligerent or whatever. They find an excuse. They find any type of excuse. Just to, just to get you. Or just approach him aggressively and throw him to the ground or something throw that they didn't have car. to do. Mm-hmm. Like use excessive force. And it's just like, you didn't have to do that. You literally did. When you're in a situation where you have the power, there is no need for you to flex your muscles and be like, oh, look what I can do. They have no control in this situation. If you already got them in cuffs, if they are already in cuffs, what are they going to do? And then you got your backup because you already know you called it. You call like 12 people for one person. There are 30 cops for one person. Mm. One black person. Mm. One. That's already in cuffs, but yet this 35, five cops, two, three, four cop cars for a traffic routine, routine traffic stop, air quotes, routine on the side of the road. Like, what you need 12 people for? I don't understand. Like, it's a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's crazy that um, in some of these situations, like I said, like you said, the law is a suggestion for them. And, like, it's okay for some white people to stand their ground and to bear arms and go out on neighborhood watches quote-unquote neighborhood watches and quote-unquote protect their neighborhoods that they have no ownership over. You do not know every resident in your neighborhood. You do not have a right to tell someone that they can't be somewhere. You are not the law. Mm -hmm. And even the law uses inappropriate excessive force. So you, as a normal-ass citizen, have no right to tell anyone what they can or cannot do you do not have a right to a citizen's arrest. I don't know who gave you the balls to think that you have the right to <laughs> tell somebody that you were going to put them under a citizen's arrest. You're <laughs> Are you a joke? Like, Are you a joke? Who are you talking to? You have no right to tell me what I can and cannot do. You have no grounds. You entitled. That, I don't know who gave you the title, but you don't. You, you don't have it. Like, literally. Relax. The Karens of the world. Ooh. It's just so frustrating. I keep thinking all these stories. Go ahead. I don't remember the man's name or the lady's name, but it was this black man. He was bird watching in the park. I know exactly what you're talking about. And Karen, her name not Karen, but she's a Karen. She is a Karen. Too. And he did not put his hands on Karen. He didn't do nothing to her. He was watching his birds. He kindly asked Karen, this black man kindly asked Karen to put, yes, a white woman, to put her dog on a leash because in that park, dogs are supposed to be on a leash because they might scare the birds. And that park is notorious for bird watchers. Mm -hmm. And Karen starts going off on the black man and calls the police and says, this black guy is attacking me. He's trying to kill me. Mm -hmm. And in her voice, she sounds like she's in distress. She literally and put she's fear like, yes. in her voice. She put fear in her voice. There was no fear there. He was standing in one spot the whole time recording her. And then she got her dog choking the dog. Trying to make this man out to be some type of monster. And he has done absolutely nothing. 
But it's like they know their power and they play with their power. Like yep. she know that the police is. It's a power like, play. That's a white lady. She in danger. We need to get out there. We're gonna show. It's up. a black guy. We're gonna come out guns drawn. Guns like, First of fucking all, calm down and see what what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Because y'all know y'all can see how the fuck they be overreacting, and how it's never like as bad as it seems when they call you and it's like. What are they actually doing, though? Literally, there have been people that called the police on, like, over parking spaces, like, Karens that are out standing in front of people's cars, like, you're not leaving, I'm calling the police. Bitch, if you don't get out the fucking way, I'm gonna run you over. (laughs) The police are on the way, I gotta get out of here, because I do nothing. (laughs) So get the fuck out of the way. (laughs) But if you run them over, then you're wrong. Now like, I'm wrong. Now, no. now call a bitch. <laughs> just standing in front of my car. Like, you have no right to do any... Like, you have no right. And you're using your power. You're using your privilege to try to get somebody killed. Like, literally, that Karen in the park, she could have got that man killed. Mm-hmm. Like, that could have been his last day and on Earth. And he wouldn't back home to his daughter. And she wouldn't have felt no type of way about it, though. Exactly. And literally, this history is repeating itself. This is legit the same thing as, like, the type of stuff that happened with Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Like, white women making threats against black men. White women in college making threats. I'm not saying that some of this didn't happen, but in instances where there were false claims made about black sports players raping white women and the way that that like you're misusing your privilege you know that if you say certain things that they will come guns blazing and he going to jail or he going to die because you are a white woman and and you trump everything mm-hmm. literally that has just reminded me of this incident that happened um this white lady she was 22 at the time she said something about a black guy um, assaulted her she didn't say that it was rape but she said assault and at that time they just automatically assumed assault was rape so they went looking for this guy that just got out of prison they don't even know that it was him they just make the assumption that it was this black guy that just got out of prison and they're looking for him and someone said something about um rosewood so they went to this community rosewood florida and they just i'm about to say interrogate it was not an interrogation they literally just went and started killing people it literally was a massacre of a whole town of black people because they were on a hunt the, the, for this one person that they didn't even know if it was them or not Mm. And they went into this woman's house, shot her in the head, shot her son in the head. Children were running into the woods trying to get away. And it lasted for like a week. And they like burned down everything. All because this one white woman said she was assaulted by a black man. Oh my God. And it's also just hit. My grandfather was born in 1925. This was two, he was born two years after this. The fact that he had to grow up in this mess. And that era of time. And he's still living. And still seeing. He's still living. Still seeing the same stuff, though. Literally. And I, I would be, you brought up a very interesting thing. I think it's very peculiar that the history of the United States is like, 
very squeaky. Like, it's like slavery happened, and then they referred, and then everything was great. Like the presidents, and like, ooh, yeah. Like, what happened to the Rosewood? Like, what happened to the fact that y'all bombed Black Wall Street? Mm-hmm. What happened? What? Where did all of that go in the textbooks? Where y'all, y'all don't want to talk about the atrocities of what you've done. But you want to act like black people's feelings of pain and sadness and uh, being tired like, come out of nowhere. Like, this is years. This is forever in the making. We have been dealing with this forever. But y'all just don't learn about it in school, so you don't know. You got to you gotta do research mm-hmm. and learn about research. true black history. Because I don't know. Yeah. They teach us history, mm-hmm. but they don't teach the history that they don't want us to know. Yep. Because there's plenty of trifling stuff that they don't do. Mm-hmm. Because they're terrified that they're going to wake some people up, mm. i.e. us, and we're going to be upset. But you hiding it, and then we learn it when we get to college or yeah. even after college. And then we're even more enraged. Because we went this whole entire time thinking that America is a great descendant. That there are all these white presidents and all this other stuff whitewashing our minds. And we've been lied to this whole entire time. Columbus, the great man that discovered America. No, the fuck this bitch did not. <laughs> this nigga came in this bitch and killed people. Quotes. To take over a whole entire region, a whole entire nation. For his benefit. Hmm. White America 101. You wasn't here first. Mm. You weren't. You and don't belong here. My thing is, how are you gonna tell someone else you don't belong here, and it's mm. not even your you, home? You like you weren't here first. Literally. You came in, took over, and now you tell the other people that they can't be here. Like you, you don't even belong here. You so if I don't belong here, you definitely don't belong here. I didn't even kill nobody. So right. <laughs> <laughs> legit, like I ain't asked to be brought over here, like. I didn't ask to come here. You came and stole me and brought me here. Like, Mm-mm. first of all, you don't. You ain't from here. You don't belong here. But also, you can't complain that you stole me and brought me here, and now you like go back to now go you back mad because I'm trying to live my life. Like what? That's absurd. I'm trying to have my family be good, like have a nice little neighborhood, you know, nice house. And you mad? I don't understand. And I really don't understand why it's like they see us doing well or they see us trying to like stay, not even like just stay out the way, just mind our business mm-hmm. and they still be bad. They're having secret meetings. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. What are they talking about? They're they got another degree. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> are we going to have to work with them? Mm-hmm. I'll tell them we're gonna have to work with them. Oh my god, they're oh waking up! They're waking up! Oh my god, they're gonna walk in here wearing their bush and their scarves. Oh my god! At work! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh quick, 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 quick! Start something. Start some type of societal race war. Do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to distract them. I can't do it. I can't. Literally. Literally. And if you can't feel the the like stress in our voices, like, do you hear how draining this is? Like. This is every day. Like, this isn't today. This isn't just because of what's going on right now. Like, this is every day. This is a build of things. Like, of 400 years. Do you see? And some. Do you see listeners? Like, 400 years. Do you, do you see this? Like, and can you see? Like, it feels like 
since our ancestors had to go through it, we shouldn't have to go through no. it. Because it's like, we're progressing. We're progressing. We're, we're progressing. progressing. We're progressing. Yeah. It's 2020. It's 2020. 20. But we're still going through things it's not that happened like 100, 200 years ago even. And it's just like, I thought we were progressing. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just the same thing. It's just, we're quote-unquote progressing. But that's what Will Smith said. He was like, racism, it's not It's not getting better. It's not going anywhere. It's just getting filmed. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. we're seeing it now. And it's just like... It's been bad. It's been. It's been happening. People thought lynchings, lynching stopped. Mm-mm. It's just ain't nobody pulling with it. And the fact that we have this clown-ass man representing this country literally 45 needed to know whatever the, out of his mouth the, t- mm. the tweet the tweet the tweet with him and his white supremacist friends and then the fact that we have a white supremacist group that is literally thriving and literally because of things like this i personally feel like i need to go get a gun i need to have a license to carry i need to learn all these different techniques of how to protect myself i need to have a car camera i need to have the film being um taken to a place where they can't take it away or something yeah like i literally have to be a freaking agent in my life Literally. It's like you're paranoid every fucking second. And it's just like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what they're watching. You don't know if they're listening. Because first of all, first of all, when I get on Facebook, I see what I was looking at on Amazon. And I don't like that. Like, why y'all trying? No. Yeah. You don't need to know everything about me. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just... it's. It's so frustrating. Like, you just want to be yourself. You want to graduate. You want to start a family. You want to make good money, live your life. You want to travel. But it's just like, we can't. Like, we we can, but we can't. You can, and it's reckless. Like, you're in danger when you do. You're in danger when you move, like, out the city and try to, like, live in a decent neighborhood. Mm Because now they're watching you. Now they're blaming you. For robbing their house. You ain't even leave the fucking house. But somebody broke in and they blame it on a black person. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it happened as soon as, soon black, as the black girl moved, moved in. in she, she moved in. She had a thug over there the other <laughs> night. <laughs> she thought there was some strange man coming <laughs> in her house. Mm-hmm. Mind your business. Literally. Mm-hmm. Instantly. And when you do better for yourself. Like in the dream world you would think that like I got money now. I don't got to worry about this. I got a bank. I got a car. I got a nice car. You know, I live in a nice neighborhood. No. Somebody could pull you over like, how do you afford you? What are you doing in a Mercedes S-Class? Like, what? You, is this what, your car? Is this is this your car? You like, want to see the fucking registration? What are you doing in this neighborhood in, in this car? Uh, we have a possible car theft. Literally, like, whose car is this? One of your buddies? Like... My it's name just is like on the registration. We really make it, and then it's like, how did you do it? Like we was trying to stop you. How you how you get this far? Yeah. Like how you graduate from college? What made you get your master's? Like, why why are you applying here, bitch? I need a fucking job. <laughs> Legit. I'm upset. Mm-hmm. But we are all upset. We are all tired. And this. And it's just a, it's a circle, like, this conversation could go for days. 
it's so many layers to all of this. Like, it's a never-ending cycle of what we have to deal with. And there literally cannot be any type of growth or any type of progression as long as America slash white America slash racist America slash racist America continues to deny and ignore what they have done. Literally, you just trying to sweep everything under the rug every decade, every single day, all the time. Like, they teach you this just everywhere. You have to be honest. You have to face what you've done. You have to accept it, acceptance. And then the process can, you know, start. And it's not even just, there's so much more, but it's like, just continuing to pretend like it's not a real thing and like oh you're just you're just i don't know why you're being so upset oh, racism isn't real oh, all this other stuff like no it's very much so real and you feel offended because you know that it's real and you just mad that i'm calling it out they try to find excuses for everything that happens like the maybe he shouldn't have. maybe she shouldn't have. well why are you upset why are you so upset like you said like this isn't even you like we would never do that like you're we're not racist like what is white privilege like we we don't we have equal opportunity literally, like you we don't literally i think you remind me of a story keep going when i was in school and my predominantly white institution i was in my cultural competency and diversity class it was the worst class because it was taught by a condescending woman but anyway <laughs> there was a t- there was a day we watched crash that's just a movie basically based on stereotypes and racism and all like just the injustices in society but there was this one part where there was a white officer who was off duty he was driving he picked up a black guy that had a rough day but he presented as a real cool individual which he was um and when he got in the car they were driving the black guy kind of chuckled at something and the white guy thought he was laughing at him and then he was like the white guy was like what's so funny and the black guy was like what you mean like he kind of got like the white guy kind of got smart and so it got a little a little tense for a second. little tense in the car and then the black guy was like you want to know what i'm laughing at and then he reached into his pocket to pull something out and the cop shot him and when he looked in his hand it was just a figurine they both had the same exact figurine of i think an angel and that's what he thought was funny it was ironic because they so similar they're very similar. But yet you killed him. And then at the end of that movie, we asked questions. And one of the white females in my class made a comment and said, well, maybe if the black guy hadn't been so hostile. And in that moment, I was just so irritated. I think my hand shot up after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I can't remember. I think my hand went up after that. And I was like, it doesn't matter what he would have done. Like basically at the end of the day, because he's a black person, that's why he's dead. If it was a white guy that did that, nothing would have happened to him. Maybe if we teach these people in power, or maybe if we don't allow people to have power when they clearly have microaggressions, they exhibit racism. Like, you shouldn't allow people to have power and control in situations where they believe in stereotypes. Maybe if we just see people as people. Yeah, like, you know, like, can we eliminate that? Like, that's a person. Until they actually shoot you. person. <laughs> what the fuck Until you scared? Until you see a weapon, like, why are you scared? Like, I don't understand. They're not worried about you. Nine times out of ten. They just minding their business. 
living their lives. We not worry about you. And literally, y'all don't y'all don't necessarily understand this, but like for black people, and I feel like this wasn't always a thing, but like I feel like it kind of always was. Like there's a certain apprehension that you have when dealing with police, but even now more than ever within the last couple of years, there is legitimate fear for your life during any interaction with police. It don't matter if it's a routine traffic stop. If you're in the same 7-Eleven with the police officer, there is fear. Just, just being pulled next to them in your car, there is fear, like, t- to your core, that you could die. I would have made me tense up. Instantly. Even when I get pulled over, I got pulled over for having, like, my tail light out. And when the cop came into the car, it was just like, what? what? <laughs> like, what you pulled me over for? And he told me, you have a tail light out. And then he took my stuff, went back to his car. But it's just like, all right, when he come back, what's about to happen? Because I got CJ in the back. Like, I don't want nothing to happen. But if something do happen, I got to be ready. Like, yeah, you have to think about Because that. the park is over here. I'm getting CJ. I'm running through the fucking park. And that's it. Fuck this car. Fuck everything else. Like, I'm getting out of here. Because mm-hmm. I'm not. You're not about to kill me in front of my child. You have to be ready to go. And I don't think people think about that. Like, they think about. Like, they don't have to think about stuff like that. They don't. And it's just like, wow, well, how fucking nice. Because I do. Literally. Every day. And it's just like, I have to tell my children this too. And it's like, it's not going to stop with just me. Like, when is it going to fucking stop? Because our ancestors deal with dealt with it. We're dealing with it. Our, our children are dealing with it. It's just like... Where's the end? I saw this video of this girl online. And I feel like I told y'all about this before. But this girl online, I think she was in the Army, Navy. She was in one of the armed forces. And she was leaving base. And I guess she was driving slow. But she got pulled over by a police officer. And, you know, she had, like, all her stuff with her, whatever, because she was leaving base. Um, She got pulled over by the police officer. And, like, he asked her to get out of her car. You know, asked her for her stuff, and then he asked her to get out of her car. And she literally was, like, crying when she retold the story. um, Because he he told her, like, oh, um, ma'am, I just pulled you over because... You were driving slow and typically when people are driving slow either they're really tired or they're intoxicated and so that's one of the signs that they had that like maybe I need to pull over and check on this person so he was like I was just checking on you to make sure you were good and once he said that she literally broke down in tears because she told him like I really thought I was going to die like I didn't know what was going to happen because you like you literally think that like I'm out of my car at this point. Like, if they ask you to get out of your vehicle... That's basically like a death sentence. It's, it's basically a death sentence. If I ever have to get out of a car because I get pulled over... Can I take my mom? Can I please? But then can it's I just, like, when you question, they're like, why are you asking, asking questions? questions? Like, do what as I say. Like, now, now you're being defiant. I have a right to know why you pulled me over. I have a right... I, I know my right. I have a right to ask these questions. I have a right that if I don't feel safe, 
I don't have to pull over yet. I'm going to put on my hazards. And until we get to this Walmart, until we get to a parking lot that's fully lit, not a gas station because that is not sufficient for me. But they do have cameras, so maybe, you know, it depends. Till you get to a space that you feel safe, like, you have that right. You got to know your rights. But when you exercise the fact that you know them, it could be like, oh, you get too smart. Oh, you being sarcastic. Oh, you think you're so educated. Oh, you think you know your rights. I'm a person. I know my rights. I'm letting you know this. That I know them. And that I am allowed to do this, that, and the third. But because they have the power, it's like, oh, we need to search your vehicle. You don't have a right to do that. What you Excuse me? For? Search and seizure where? Excuse me, you don't have a warrant. Excuse me, you don't have grounds to do that. But as soon as you say that, well, step out your vehicle. For what? Like, why am I stepping out? What did I do? Like, I don't understand. And I ain't being combative. Mm-hmm. And, they, and you've even seen situations where people try to record interactions. And they're like, put your phone away. Put your phone down. You're not supposed to have your phone out. What do you do? What law am I burning? I'm not driving? Like, what are you talking about? I can't record this interaction? That's against the law. Where? Show me where. But when you try, like, it's all just like, no matter what you do, no matter how much you know, no matter how proper you act, no matter how hard you try to follow the rules, they could still kill you. It's just scary because the police are literally funded and backed by the government. So when they aren't held accountable, the government's just like, you know, you're fine. Just, just they'll forget about that's them. That's duty. They'll they, forget. They, we'll just pay Please. them. We'll pay them a lump sum of money for their their loved one that they lost, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll just forget about it. But I'm just like, first of all, y'all putting a bandaid on the whole issue. Because the money is going to the family. It's not going to the friends. It's not going to other people that knew him. It's not going to the residents of the city. It's going to the family. And the family, first of all, the family is grieving uncontrollably. Like, I don't I don't understand what the thought process is. It's just like, here, I'm, I'm so sorry this happened to you. We'll give you all this money just... Shut up! Don't say anything else about it. I know we didn't hold the officers accountable. But here's how. But here's this money. money. How do you put a price on somebody's life? You don't. You cannot. How do you do? How Can do you bring you, them back? Yeah. Cause that's it. This that's money the only. You gonna, you gonna bring them back or what? That's the only thing. Or you wanna kill the person that did this? And even then, that's still not even enough. Cause I still am without a son. I'm still without a niece. Father. I'm still without a mother. I'm still yeah. without this person. And it's gonna happen again because y'all aren't doing anything about it. So and it's really not. It's it's not doing nothing. And the the other kicker is that the fact that they keep openly, blatant, blatantly not doing anything about it is just reinforcing. The, the fact that you can do whatever you want and just get away with it. You can do whatever you want when you're, when you're white. And just get away. It literally doesn't matter what you do. It could be on video. It could be clear that you were wrong and you still won't be held accountable. You still won't. You still won't get that steady. And even if you, you might lose your job, but even if you lose your job, there's someone else that believes what you believe that has some money that'll hire you. 
They gonna take you in. They'll take you, you in. Were, you were doing what you thought was best. Sorry. They'll make a GoFundMe for Ooh. you so you won't so you won't have to worry about your bills because you lost your job because you killed the black child. Mm-hmm. Sorry, post bail. Oh, they'll post your bail. They'll they'll get you a lawyer. They'll get you thousands of twenty five k. Come Easy. down to my restaurant. I'll feed you for free. Good job. Thank you for killing that innocent black man. Like, they are rewarded for this shit. It's reinforcing that behavior. And it's just like, excuse me? It's literally reinforcing. They are reinforcing the same behavior over and over and over again. And the more that you reinforce it, the more likely the behavior is to occur again. And the fact that this clown as president is tweeting about shooting people for looting in what world first of all i read this thing about how basically some white supremacists thought it was gonna it was okay to start looting undercover yeah and making it look like it was protesting yeah but it wasn't it was it was a white supremacist and so when the protesters did start leading, or when the black people was like, well, shit, if they doing it, because I, I need a fucking TV and some bread up in here. <laughs> so I'm going to do it too. First of all, cause then the media come in and be like, look at all these thugs, these black people coming in and protesting and looting and destroying things. Now we the ones destroying. But y'all kind started it. First of all, they neglecting the fact that there's plenty, plenty of non-black people in the mix that's looting. It's plenty, mm-hmm. but y'all not showing them on the news. Mm-hmm. Y'all not showing the white ladies running out of Target with the two <gasps> lamps, like <laughs> two lamps in her arm, oh my God. running out of Target. They, oh my gosh, it's a great deal. I appreciate Twitter so much because Twitter does research. Mm-hmm. They, they will find you Twitter. Twitter will investigate. Twitter will find you. They will figure out everything. The lady that was in the wheelchair. No, stab it. They, mm. that lady was on the, I'm just trying to get home, crying and all in shambles. Like she was just trying to get out of there. She got caught up in the mess. Whole time she was in this with a knife trying to stab people. Oh, black man. Like, don't try to get on get on the news and cry like, oh, they everything is so crazy and I'm in a wheelchair and I'm just trying to get out. Whole time we using and trying to stab people. Mm-hmm. Somebody also said she could walk and she was faking, but it's just like using your privilege inappropriately. And they understand the power of media, which is why they yeah. have to keep their image so pristine. Yeah. And they all trying to cover things up for one another just to make sure that white is right. Why is always right. But it's literally like they're trying to outsmart us and also trying to just like use their powers against us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what black people need to understand as a whole. Like they literally are turning us against each other. Yep. And they know that once we're against each other, we can't unite. We can't unite. Like we can't do anything if we're divided. So they turn us against each other. Literally. Legit. Like, when you think about, like... I don't even want to get into it. But, like, when you think about the stuff that infiltrates, like, into the black communities. 
Where are all these drugs coming from? Where are all these guns coming from? Because we, we, we make them. Y'all keep it us ain't in a, a position. Fucking plant around here. Like, y'all not making them. They're not being sold at fucking CVS. I can't just walk in CVS or something and buy it. Like, where, where they coming from? Literally. They like, keep us in a position where we can't possibly make these things happen in the, like, in the, um, the large aspect that, like, it's happening in. Like, all these guns, all these drugs, all these things are coming in. Alcohol, everything. But you literally making sure we stay poor. You making sure we can't, we don't have opportunity to do anything. So, how are we getting these things? Where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. There are no resources. There are no How was foods. the Black Panther Party dismantled? Hmm? White people. That's all I'm saying. But anyway. I just it's just appalling. And it's crazy because like like you don't know who's a racist and who's not just by looking at them. You can't spot It's them. literally like you have to give them a chance for them to prove to you. And it might be too late. Like you don't you don't really wanna know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I'm good. <laughs> keep six feet. Give me six feet. Six feet. Stay over there. We don't need to. Because no, yeah, no. I'm not about to trust you, and it's just so you could turn on me. Like, no, that's not. Mm-hmm. And even when you give them the chance, they could seem cool, but but then they might get comfortable. Something might slip. Mm-hmm. Their privilege gonna show at some point, one way or another. And it's so frustrating. It's just like I want CJ to see people for people. I don't want him to see color. I don't want him to look at a white person and be scared. Because he has white people in his life. Like, I have white friends. And it's like, I don't want him to, like, have to give them the cold shoulder or be like, I don't feel comfortable around them. Like, I want him to feel comfortable around people, period. Like, obviously, I don't want him to turn a blind eye to certain things. I want him to feel comfortable, though, and feel respected. And, like, he isn't about to die if he's encountered with a white person. Mm-hmm. Or if he's just outside playing with a white person yeah. and somebody looking at it like, oh, he's being aggressive with this little white child or like, white whatever. Yeah. They're bullied. Like, boys, boys playing. Girls playing. They're playing. They're kids. They're kids. That's just so frustrating. But is there anything else you're about to say? I was about to wrap it up. Just one more thing. When you were talking about how they pay people off and everything, Reminded me of something else that happened back in the day in 1959 in Wrightsville, Arkansas. Um, There was a boarding school, I believe. Yeah, a boarding school of, I forgot the amount, but it was just of all black young men, 69 African-American boys, and they were 13 to 17 years old. And basically one night, the school was... um, basically locked and padlocked up no exactly and just you know out of nowhere there were flames like somebody i'm doing quotes again somebody lit the um the institutional fire and i don't remember how many got out but 21 of them were in a corner piled up on top of one another and they were dead and after that 
they just kind of took the body parts. They weren't even allowing police officers to come in and look at the scene and everything and figure out what happened. They started moving things around like they was already trying to cover things up. And then they just took the body parts and people just came in. Parents just came in and just picked parts that looked like it could be their child. They didn't even oh know if it was their child. And later on, they paid them to just keep quiet. The newspaper stopped covering it after a while and it just was just covered up, basically. The stuff that happens in this country is disgusting. It's just... And the fact that this, like, I don't even know when this came up. I think there, there was a book that came out about it in, like, 2017. But it's, like, the fact that this was so just under the radar. Like, how, what did you have to do to find this? And why is it so covered up? And how much more is there? How much more? Because, like, every, for every known is an unknown. And Absolutely. there are, at this point now, with social media, there are so many knowns. So just imagine the amount of things that we just don't know. It's just crazy to me because you know if something happened like that at a predominantly white school, you would never stop hearing about it. Oh, no. Never. Oh. You would get sick of hearing about it because it would be on the news and books fucking movies and shit like everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand how they can't feel the same hurt. I don't understand like how you don't see that they were kids like and you literally set their building on fire and took their lives and then sent the parents in to identify them piece by piece like they're they're pieces and then the fact that families had to go on and survive and they had to they had to go to work I know they had to go to work to work I know they didn't get off I know they didn't have time off to grieve I know they had to pay bills I know they had to go to work the next day. And if not the next day, they might have gave them like a day, maybe. But they, they had, had to go, go on like everything was fine. They had to go to work. They had to put a smile on. They had to do their jobs. It didn't matter what had happened to them, what had happened to their kids. And it's crazy because boarding schools back then, that's like you trying to send your child to college, basically. It's like you want them to be something. You want them to be educated and do something with their lives so you send them there and they kill them i'm i'm done like i can't i can't keep talking about this so listen we we want we need to go in the positive direction we can close on the bad note sorry for the hour long <laughs> depression sorry just you know an hour you know and we go through for 24 years but anyway yeah we, we've we've been dealing with this for way longer than an hour this is this is a life. sprinkle this is a grain of salt, like, this is the tip of the iceberg, like, you don't even know the half. But we, we're going to turn in a more positive direction. We got to bring some light into this darkness. And I know we've been talking about the truths uh, and the realities of being black in America and what we have to face and historically what we've had to face. But I want to turn it to some pro, like some positive things and some amazing things that like come from being black in America. And I just want to say that we are some of the most resilient people in this world and we continue to prevail. We continue. It don't matter what you throw at us. We keep going. You can't stop us, no matter how much you try. 
We're going to keep going. We're going to keep fighting. We are going to keep moving. We shouldn't have to still be fighting. But we are. Because we're black and we're strong and we're going to fight. And hopefully, eventually, we'll win. Hopefully. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Throw that to me. Some, okay. pro, some beautiful things about black people that you would like to mention. Despite the food. We're very creative. We're very creative and innovative. <laughs> We're very creative and innovative. Not to say that others aren't, but we are very creative. Um, we literally make something out of nothing. <laughs> Where am I being schooled? Okay, sorry. Make something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. Okay. So, yeah. We make something out of nothing, and we can make it into something even more beautiful, i.e. Black Wall Street and all these other products that have come from the black community mm-hmm. so that's another one we are also innovators I was getting it for this one. Go ahead. <laughs> we are also innovators we like Chelsea said we are creators and so a lot of things stem from our genius, whether it's culture or be like um, advancements in technology, mm-hmm. fashion, fashion, food, like everything. everything, everything, agriculture, hair, hair, mm-hmm. everything, architecture. We are innovate inventors. We are innovators. We create. We build. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Literally. Everything. On the backs. The whole country. Carried. Ca- carried. I put on a backpack just now. Carried. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we also add, like, a new perspective and, I guess, new ideas to any conversation like if you even just have a conversation with a black person it's just like hmm I never thought of that like mm-hmm. we have some wise individuals mm-hmm. among us do yet y'all are scared to put us in a position to lead because we could change the nation but it's cool we also love hard um I love is very strong when we love somebody we love them hard and it's hard to let people go. It's also hard to express our love sometimes. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, we love and we care about each other. And yeah, we just, we're amazing. We're leaders. We're, um, we basically dominate any industry. Yeah, like, athletics like if you want to talk sports just it's everything's a wrap like don't even <laughs> not a question it's not a question if black boys were in gymnast music like hmm, that is true so sorry art <laughs> gymnastics mm. any any sport we excel we and excel. it's crazy because like it's it's always in the things that we 
aren't afforded opportunity in. Like I've never seen I don't know a black gymnast. Like a black Not male, male gymnast, gymnast. Yeah. Couldn't name one. Woman? Yeah. Barely. 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 Like Barely. Cause their whole the team that they carry in they not. Shade. The last thing that I gotta say is that we just got so much damn sweat. I ain't never seen smoother, flyer, more beautiful, more creative, more wonderful, more diverse in tone. Our skin, our melanin, our smiles, our hair, our bodies, because they love they love our bodies. I'm sorry, I mean yo, they love our bodies. I'm not trying to go in another direction. But <laughs> we are the most amazing people. And just because I would like to mention that just because we trying to shine our light, that doesn't mean that we need, we're trying to dim yours. We are not trying to dim your causes, your thoughts about yourself. We're not trying to dim who you are or your issues. You don't dim the light of others just because you shine in yours. Like y'all can shine together. We just all trying to be. And also in the world and in a society that that does not shed the light on the beauty of black people, we Somebody, need we, gotta, we, gotta we need it. a place where we can do it. If ain't nobody doing it, we gotta hype each other. We ha- and if you ain't with it, then goodbye. If you with it, hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. 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 How are you? Welcome. You are now welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for attending our TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> We're not done yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. Let's say like we real bold. Like I know it's like bold, but it's like. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Just like. It's hard to put us into words sometimes. Nah, we real bold. We so bold. No, just like because everything that we do, we step into it with some type of umph. And some type of mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we make statements. Like we yeah, know. like and we shake the room. It's a very bold and beautiful statement, mm-hmm. color piece type thing. And people, yes. Don't forget, mm-hmm. we're not aesthetic. Because when we do it, we do it with our chest. I'm sorry. I just um before y'all y'all need to hear this at the end. We we aren't accept aesthetic. If you love black, please love black people too. Because we we aren't aesthetic. It's it's not a quote unquote aesthetic. We are people. Mm. So love, love us. Matt Black. You love Matt Black. Matt Black car, Matt Black shoes. I want black hair, but you don't. You oh, don't. you love tanning. It's badass. Yeah. It's so like bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's gangster. It's like, bold. It's so like it's edgy. Fresh. Yeah. Oh, you like tanning. You like big lips. You like curves and you like all these other things. I know we were trying more here. <laughs> you like you like everything that we have and that we bring to the table, and yet you still throw dirt on us. 
You don't like us. No. How that work? But we made you. Ooh. You like everything black. You like black men. You you like black features. You like the bodies on black women. So what I need you to do, if you like these people, I need you to stand up and support them. Even if you're not black, use your privilege to protect what you love. If you love this, you desire what we got you. You and like if we inspire you, if you love everything about black culture, if you wanna be black, I mean you can't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's not in your DNA. But like support what you love. Like if you love us, show up. Like don't just love the idea of black people. Show up for them. Show up for their causes. Protect them. Protect black men and women and children and families. Promote black excellence. Thank you. That's it. Drop the mic. We done. Thanks for listening to the CMG Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CMG Podcast. And join the conversation to connect minds and generations.